Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. Year after year, we ask the exact same question. Because every year, year after year, we need to answer it. Do we? Do we know? Do we get, do we, do we truly understand what this night is, is all about? The, the holy promise that heaven loved us so much that it gave up its prince. The holy promise that God loves us so much that, that he gave up his son, that he gave us his son, that God thrust himself into a world that didn't really have room for him. Divinity enrobed in, in flesh to bear our griefs and to taste our tears? Do we know? Do we know that, that God became one of us just, just so that he could know us and just so, so we could know him? Not, not as an abstraction, not just as an idea, but that we could really know, that we could really experience him. Do we know? Um, because the the angels, the angels sing glory. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace. Peace, they still sing peace. Peace in our fractured families. Peace in our mangled marriages, peace. Peace in our loneliness and in our weariness and in our grief and in our guilt. Peace. It's a, it's a happy day in, in our house whenever my wife's Southern Living magazine comes in the mail. Um, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, she came in and her Christmas, the Christmas edition of the Southern Living magazine had finally arrived. And it's like one of her favorites, one of her favorite magazines of the year. Um, but at the end, at the, at the back of, of every episode, or at the back of every edition, you know, the back of, uh, of every magazine, they've got this, this article. There's an article, I think the guy's name is Rick Bragg. Uh, guy writes this, this kind of funny, this funny commentary. It's about the kind of the, the sometimes ridiculousness of life in the South. Um, but, but this month's article, it was, it was different. But this month's article, it was, it was special. It was, it was kind of personal for us because Mr. Bragg took his space, he took his article, and he wrote about something that, that Carrie's heard me talk about for years. You see, in this month's Southern Living, the, the back page article, Mr. Bragg wrote about the, 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 the triumphant return, the glorious return of those, those old aluminum Christmas trees. Y'all remember those? You remember those? Apparently, they've made a huge comeback this year. Um, my grandmother had one of those trees. And, um, and as a kid, as a kid, it was the very picture of fancy. Right? It was three times my size. And those, those gorgeous silver tinseled branches, brilliant red bells. And there was just something about it. There was something about that tree. And I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the way that it, it popped against my grandmother's three inch deep brown shag carpeting. But, <laughs> but there was something about that tree. It just, it just glowed. 
But, but Mr. Bragg, he, he talked about something else. He talked about something else in his article, something that I had only heard tale of. I, I'd never seen it for myself. I'd never experienced it for myself. Bragg was saying that whenever those trees were originally sold, they came with, they came with a light. Some of y'all remember this. They came with a spinning light, this colored disc that, that, would, that would just make the tree shine, that would make it glitter. And I told that that's, that's where the real magic was. It was in the light. But like I said, I, I never got to experience it. Grandma had lost the light somewhere along the way. Somewhere through the course of the years, moving from parsonage to parsonage, Grandma's light had gotten misplaced. But don't get me wrong, Grandma's tree was still beautiful. Grandma's tree was still striking. But it was missing something. The power was missing the, the wonder of that light. And I, I can't help but to wonder if some of us aren't trying to do the exact same thing. What if we're trying to celebrate Christmas without the light? Because we can try. On the outside, it'll still look really good. But on the inside, on the inside, on the inside, it'll always be missing something. The hope, the joy, the peace. On the inside, it'll always be missing the wonder, the power. Christmas without the light, it will always miss the point. The point that Jesus became like us so that we might become like him. It's about the light. It's about that light. It's about his light, the, the light that not even the, the darkness of a tomb could put out. In fact, it was, it was 20 years ago tonight. 20 years ago tonight that I made one of my absolute favorite Whitechapel Christmas Eve memories. It was my, it was my first uh, year here. It was my first Christmas here. And a lot of y'all will remember that back in those days, there were, there were some real design flaws. There were some real issues in the sanctuary. Um, the speakers were too high, the chancel, the, the platform was too low. And so back then, remember, Pastor John used to have to preach from those boxes. A lot of y'all remember the, the big red three-foot-tall boxes that we used to have up here. And so it was, it was the midnight service. It was the very last service uh, of, of Christmas Eve 2003. Pastor John had just been, pre he had preached his heart out all day. He had preached the glory and the beauty of Christmas. And so he had to have been exhausted. But I reckon at the exact same time, probably a little excited that, that the day was, was almost over. And it was the very end of the service. And he was going over, he had his candle in his hand. He was coming here to the Christ candle like we will here in just a few moments. And he was lighting his candle for, from the Christ candle, explaining what was going on and, and the lights dimmed. It was midnight dark in this room. And as he was talking, as he was explaining what was going on, he was walking across this, this darkened platform and, and Pastor John must have forgot. He must have forgot the, the one foot red box that we used to have back here as a step. In fact, I think this might be it right here. Um, I think this has just been recarpeted. Pastor John forgot about this box. And so as he was walking, as he was talking, as he was making his way through the midnight dark, all of a sudden, all we heard was just smack, bam! And I turned around just in time to see Pastor John fall. And, and, it, and it, wasn't it wasn't just that I saw Pastor John fall, it was, it was too dark for that. All I saw was his candle fall. Um, but that's not, my, that's not my favorite part, because that would just be mean. Um, my favorite part is what happened next. Because Pastor John just, just bounced right back up and, and he dusted himself off. And he got right back to the work of, of sharing the light with others. You see, 
friends. Um, yeah, we may trip, we may stumble in the dark, but Christmas tells us that we don't have to stay there. Christmas tells us that, that we don't have to stay down. Christmas tells us that we can get back up. Christmas tells us that we can go on. Christmas tells us that we can get better. Christmas tells us that we need to get busy. Busy because we know. Busy because we have experienced for ourselves that light that needs to be shared. Todd, thank you for that. And <clears throat> that is absolutely a true story. <laughs> Except Todd said it a little more graciously. I'm sure it was a more clumsy fall than that, but <clears throat> very true story. But the question <clears throat> Todd raised is the question for all of us. Christmas isn't just something that, that we celebrate in, it's our possession. How do we share the light? How do we share the joy? How do we keep Christmas alive? And so I want us to think about that. As we look back at our scripture, there are a couple of things that just jump up. Two things that help us keep the joy of Christmas. And the first is this. We need to always remember the power of giving. <clears throat> the power of giving. <clears throat> because behind the story of Christmas, what we discover is the secret of God's heart, God's intent, God's plan to help us live a life of faith. And that secret is really simple, contained in one word that sometimes we overlook, but we need to remember. One word that captures the heart of God. And we see it in the beloved passage that underlies Christmas. In John three sixteen, the, the gospel in miniature, the passage that shows us God's heart. You remember John three sixteen? For God so loved the world that he gave, and there's the word, <clears throat> he gave his only son that whoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God gave. From the very beginning of creation, we worship a God who gives. God created human beings, and he gave them life. He gave them breath. He gave them provision. He gave them protection. And when they messed up, he gave them forgiveness. And God doesn't just give in the biblical narrative. God gives to us. I love the, the beautiful passage of Scripture from the book of Lamentations. Remember this great verse? This is God's nature. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Literally, every morning God says to us, did you like that beautiful sunrise I gave you yesterday? Here's another one. And here is food for your body. And here is air for your lungs. And here is beauty for your eyes. And here is music for your ears. And here is strength for your soul. And here are friends for your heart. And the greatest gift God gives us is a Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And that's why when we come to faith, we come to faith by understanding that it's a gift freely given. We can't earn our salvation. We can't buy it. We can't deserve it. It is a gift that's received. All we can do is open our hands and our hearts and say, thank you, Lord, and receive the gift of the Savior. <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his son <clears throat> to the world. And when Christ lives in us, we find our joy when we too give. We tap into the power that brought Christmas to earth. <clears throat> I read an interesting study <clears throat> recently about some high school students that were struggling academically. <clears throat> 
fact, they were at risk as far as graduating. They were about two grade levels behind with their reading ability, and they were very worried about the students. So the researchers did something very interesting. They put them into two different groups. One group, what they asked them to do was go and work with younger children who were learning to read and just spend time reading with them. And they spent time with those children and just worked with them. And the second group, the control group, they did nothing. They didn't ask them to volunteer. They didn't ask them to serve. They just continued on with their life. And at the end of the study, they were kind of surprised what they discovered. Those students that went and tutored and worked with those young children were 12 times more likely to graduate from high school. And they looked at the research. And they determined what they found, that those high school students that learned how to give just had so much more success. They didn't get any coaching academically. They didn't give them skills about reading. All they did was work with children, helping them read. And they, because of that, were less likely to get in trouble. They were less likely to drop out. Their grades were higher. Their esteem was higher. They followed them on as adults. They were happier because they learned the secret of life, which is giving, which is why at Christmas we get so much joy in giving to others because we worship a God who gives and we are closer to him when we give And when we talk about giving, we're not just talking about presents under a tree. The most important things we have to give each other can never fit in a box. The greatest gifts are things like compassion and love and understanding and listening and and, and forgiveness, being willing to be a friend. These are the great gifts And they're contained in a beautiful prayer that we love that's about a century old. It's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, but I love the profound words of this prayer. It really captures the great gifts of Christmas. Remember what the prayer said, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. You see, my friends, we don't just enter eternal life when we die and go to heaven. When we experience the joy of the faith, we can enter eternal life right here and right now. When we live by the light of Jesus Christ, for God so loved the world that he gave us a savior. The power of giving. The second thing, the power of community. And we got a perfect example this last weekend. When Argentina won the World Cup, I loved the response. You remember the people of Argentina just went crazy. Millions of people came out of their houses into the streets. They were cheering. They were celebrating. They had a parade two days later, and millions more came out and just packed. There was just this expression of joy that just is riveting to me. It's so exciting. Let's look back at what we witnessed this past week.
What that is is unbridled joy, and it can't be contained. It has to be shared with others. Joy is lived out in community, and I've been so inspired watching that that Ford, I promise, if the Cowboys ever win the Super Bowl, I am going out in the street, and I am going to dance, and I am going to cheer, and I'm going to climb up on top of something. Because joy can't just be contained, it's got to be shared in community. But think about it, more than any sports victory, the joy we share as Christians in Jesus Christ, that God so loved the world that he gave us a savior, we have to share that joy together. And that's what this night is all about. In fact, we're going to have one of my favorite moments of worship in the year. In just a second, we're going to sing Silent Night, Holy Night. And that moment always gives me chills. It always moves me, particularly when I don't fall down before we get there. Because as we sing and we lift our candles up and sing the words of the hymn, I am acutely aware that on this day all across our nation, Christians in all kind of churches and all kind of settings are singing that song with us. But not just in our nation, around the world as we sing Christians of many cultures, many contexts, many nations are are, are singing and celebrating the birth of Christ. But what does this passage tell us? It's not just those of us alive on earth. I think when we hold our candles and sing, those same angels that sang the first Christmas join us in singing. All the hosts of heaven sing that beautiful song. And not just the angels, our loved ones that have gone on. Our loved ones that are in that great cloud of witnesses, I am convinced they sing with us. That song of the ages is all on heaven and earth. Proclaim the truth of this night, of that verse that we're fixing to sing. Glory stream from heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. My friends, that's why a weary world rejoices. That's why we get up when we fall over. That is why we rejoice, because the light has come into the world, and the darkness shall not, it cannot overcome it. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you. that you have given us a savior, that you have given us Jesus, that the light shines. And even when we trip and even when we fall, we get up because the light shines and the darkness cannot, it shall not overcome it. So Lord, come to us and fill us with the truth. Help us know that Christmas is not something that we earn or deserve, it is received as a gift. So may we open our hearts and receive that gift and know the truth of this night that Christ, our Savior, is born. These things we pray in his holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.